Welcome to an evening edition of the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. Today is Sunday, February 16th, which means I am on day 64 of 365 promised episodes. It brings you news, movies, music, sports, entertainment, and what else? That's right, no politics. And as we speak, folks, they are playing out the latest changed edition of the NBA All-Star Game. Yes, that's right. Now the rules have changed once again. I swear these young guys, they end up changing the rules every single year. Uh, Perhaps it's the commissioner, I'm not sure. But they start the score back at zero after every quarter. And of course, something to do with another tribute to Kobe Bryant. You know, I don't know, folks. I'm sorry. I'm just over it. I'm sorry that Kobe died. I truly am. But I don't want to hear anything else about it. It's been weeks. I hated Kobe for most of my life. I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. Now I respect him. Now I'm sad for his fans. Now I'm sad for his family. Now I'm sad that they won't shut the hell up about it. NBA All-Star Game. Check it out right now, folks. It is live. Giannis, Team Giannis Antetokounmpo versus Team LeBron James. Team Jabron Lames. It should be a great game. West will win, I'm certain. Sad day in the marijuana industry, folks. Yes, in West Point, California, a man was arrested for having 440 cannabis plants growing in a massive warehouse. Now, why is every time that somebody gets arrested or busted for something to do with weed... It has something unbelievably ironic attached to it. Now, this guy's name is Zong Lee. I don't know if you remember, in the 90s, Tommy Chong had a bong company called Zong. They were shaped in a Z formation down to a big bowl at the bottom. They were by far the most fantastic bongs I've ever hit in my life. They were discontinued, not sure why. Something to do with they weren't really made for tobacco and he had advertised them for weed when he's not supposed to. Whatever. Either way, Zong got busted growing 440 plants of weed that would have gone in our bong. Our Zong bong, perhaps. I mean, this is just hilarious when you think about it. And, you know, speaking of weed, marijuana, hemp culture as it is, I worked the Hemp Culture Expo in San Diego over the weekend, and I gotta say, nobody showed up. It was horrible being a vendor there, folks. I expected to sell like 3500 and I sold 1500 for the whole weekend. Yep. The entrance fee itself was 500 bucks. I brought 500 bucks worth of food. So, you can already tell I'm down in the dumps. Paid an employee... 400 bucks. I didn't get to get any money for myself whatsoever. I crazily climbed out of the red to the point where I broke completely even on the weekend. So sometimes you go to these cannabis events or hemp or CBD or whatever all it is, and they are bunk. Just like CBD is bunk and does nothing. I don't know what the craze is, but there was like 40 vendors there selling CBD things that don't do anything to you. Give me some weed with THC in it, please. Now, 
I'm not going to lie, folks. I haven't been smoking as much lately. In fact, I don't even smoke every day. But when I was at this event, I got multiple free bags of weed that don't get you high. Yes, why would you even grow weed that doesn't have THC in it? That's like growing cocaine and then snorting baking soda instead of the cocaine you grew. This is crazy. All I know is the irony of Zong Lee getting busted with 440 plants of marijuana in West Point, California. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I'm sorry, Zong. What is going on with college baseball umpires? Folks, you have got to check out this video of a Michigan Wolverines player who takes an inside pitch that almost hits him, and all he simply does is kind of, you know, swing his bat at the dirt slightly, not even really touching the dirt, where he thought the pitch might have been in a very just meaningless, most minuscule objection to the call for a strike by the umpire, and he got thrown out right away. I mean, this umpire must have been on one, man. I mean, did he just wake up on the wrong side of the bed with a freaking dildo up his butt? What is this guy's deal? You have got to see it. It's comical. I mean, the dude does nothing and gets ejected right away. I would hate to be like the Uber driver for this umpire after the game. I mean, this guy is just angry. And I consider myself a pretty upset person for the most part, but man, I ain't got nothing on this. Check it out. The video of the Wolverines, you know, that's Michigan. Michigan Wolverines, college baseball, designated hitter, getting thrown out immediately by an umpire for absolutely nothing. It's crazy. San Diego State University. OM Jesus, y'all are on a hot streak, 26 in a row with only three left to play in the regular season. Undefeated. I gotta tell you, folks, it feels pretty crazy to even say that. And I know they have a soft conference. They're not in a major division. They don't play a tough schedule. But any time a team in college sports remains undefeated with only three games left in the regular season, you have to ask yourself one question. Could they, will they, won't they win the championship? I'm going to think not. Because once they get to the Sweet 16, if they make it that far, uh, there's probably... 15 teams that could beat them. That's the problem here, folks. They don't play any teams that are difficult to beat until they make it to the playoffs. They need to give them a tougher schedule. They need to be in a stronger conference. I mean, this team is undefeated in 26 games. That is great. And the players, sadly, will not hold that trophy in their hands by the end of all this. They have to know... That that's a tragedy. It's not fair. You know, these guys bust their butts. They don't lose to anyone. And they'll lose immediately when they go to the tournament. Don't get me wrong. I hope that doesn't happen. That would be awesome to see them win it all. But I feel like there's no chance. And hopefully I eat my own words. I mean, even if you didn't know who the Aztecs were before, now you do. 
SDSU Aztecs remain undefeated, beating Boise State. With ease. Well, thanks to New York's new bail reform law, a guy who has been arrested 139 times for ripping people off and stealing from them on subways in New York City has once again been released without bail after being arrested. Having been arrested already six times this year and he's not in jail. Oh my gosh, people, what the hell is going on here? This guy got arrested over a hundred times and doesn't remain in prison. Oh, I just don't even know what to say. Apparently, uh, I'm going to start a new business where all I do is rip people off on the subway. I mean, I've, I've got nothing to lose. I won't go to jail. I won't stay in jail. Nothing will happen to me at all. Let's all plan a trip together to go rob people on the subway in New York. Sounds like a plan to me. I'm in. Are you? I don't know about you folks, but I drink an absurd amount of water. I mean, my pee is always clear. I wake up every two hours of the night, I drink a drink of water, go right back to bed. I I think my body just naturally makes it happen. It's crazy. I can't control it. I am always thirsty. I'm talking days when I don't smoke weed, days when I've not done any type of physical labor or anything. I'm still always thirsty. This is crazy, but I must say, if we were ever in a position, and I'm not trying to be crazy or weird here, but if we were ever in a position where I was stuck with some other people and they needed to hydrate, I'm just saying, I don't even think it would be that bad to drink my pee. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure my pee is cleaner than the water that comes out of my faucet. I mean, there wouldn't be a purer form of liquid anywhere around us than that anyways. I do not drink soda. I do not drink Coke, Pepsi, root beer, anything. I do not drink energy drinks. I do not drink alcohol, no beer, wine, liquor. I do not drink juice, milk. I drink only water. If I had the option of unlimited free beverages of any kind I choose, including malted milkshakes, I would still choose water. I don't know what it is. It's the only thing that refreshes me. I I don't see how people can sit there and suck down a cup of joe and go for a run. It makes no sense. At the end of a half marathon I ran, they were serving coffee and beer. That is the absolute last thing I want after a run when I'm sweaty and dehydrated and dying. You think I want to put alcohol and hops and a bunch of other crap inside me? No, I don't get it. I drink a lot of water. You should too. Take it from me. Drink more water. A lot of times, folks, we say old sayings that have lost their relevance because nobody says them anymore. Uh, They really just don't make sense this day and age. 
You know, my wife, she came home from work. She was, she was talking about they were at work all night, hemming and hawing. Hemming and hawing. I mean, I, at first I thought she just made it up. I'm like, that's not a real thing. What is that? So I Googled it, of course. Yep, hemming and hawing, real thing. It's apparently when you talk about doing something, but you don't actually do it. Which actually <laughs> does make sense that she was saying it. Uh, I said, when I came back from this super busy weekend, you know, I just got my ass beat. I was moving just a whole bunch of heavy stuff, you know, building up an entire pop-up restaurant and breaking it down three days in a row. And I said, when I sat down, that my dogs are barking. Does not anybody say that anymore? My dogs are barking, you know? As in, my feet are tired. That is a real thing. But when I looked it up, yeah, it turns out it all started in 1913. Therefore, it's pretty much not relevant at all anymore. And actually kind of makes no sense. Because nobody calls their feet dogs. And nobody's feet bark. So sometimes you just gotta, you gotta cut things loose from your repertoire. And that is one thing I'm gonna go ahead and let go of. You know, if I say it in, in a public space with 10 or 15 people, about 13 of them are not gonna know what the hell I'm talking about, and they're gonna tell me to go home and make their dogs come inside so they shut the hell up and stop barking. That's not what I mean, and nobody knows what him and Han is. Let's cut that loose too. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that I'm sure you have been waiting for this entire time, and it is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, I'm going to tell you a time that I went to Oregon State Penitentiary, not as an inmate, but as a high school student in a scared straight program. Now, when I got expelled from the same high school twice, I was sent to an alternative school by the name of West Slope Senior Academy. It was a bomb shelter underneath a big lots, and it was the school of the hard knocks. I am talking about this place was messed up. Not only was there a kid who was a crack baby, another kid who started fires, another kid who cut his teacher with scissors, and another kid who threw his desk at a teacher while I was at West Slope Senior Academy with them, there was a class we took called Drugs and Alcohol. D&A is what they called it. And all we did was watch drug movies. They even asked us at the beginning of the class what the most messed up drug movies we knew were, They wrote down a list, and they rented them for us. So what did we do? We spent our time enjoying the movies we already enjoyed. But then one day, they decided we were going to take a class trip to the Oregon State Penitentiary. Yes, it was called a Scared Straight program. I'm sure you've heard of this. Well, this one, yeah, it scared me straight, as in not being gay. Because I went to this place, and I'm telling you, you were not even allowed to bring gum in. I was chewing gum. They made me spit it out and give them my pack of gum that was in my pocket. Yeah, what was I going to do with a pack of gum by giving it to an inmate? It's not like it was meth gum or something. There wasn't hits of LSD on it. It was winter fresh. So I go in. 
And, you know, we, we arrive on a bus. Our parents signed a waiver to make sure that if we died or there was a riot, that they were not held accountable for this. And we end up in this cafeteria-type setting where the inmates are able to be more intimate with each individual from West Slope Senior Academy because there would be two inmates for every five students at a table with no adults or teachers anywhere. So they just sat me down at a table, yes, to teach me how to be a better kid and how to not get in trouble. They sat me down in prison with convicted murderers and rapists at a table with nothing to protect me from them. They weren't even handcuffed or anything. So this one guy, teeny little dude with glasses, starts talking about how big and bad he is. And one of the guys that I went to school with by the name of Mark Wood, he began laughing and acting as if he was tougher than these inmates and and nothing was going to phase him and this thing was all a big joke. But by the end of it, he about shit his pants. I mean, this guy, this little dude with glasses, you know, he might have seemed like nothing, but then he starts telling the stories of what happened to him. And the story he told that got him into Oregon State Penitentiary was that his friend had gotten beat up at a bar by someone who was way bigger than him and that he was not going to allow that to happen. So he pistol whipped the guy that had beat up his friend and using the butt of the gun, beat the dude to death. Yep, beat a guy to death with a gun. Didn't even shoot him. Didn't didn't decide to, to have it be a quick death, you know, with a bullet. He decided to use the gun as a blunt object to dismember this guy's face, to just dismantle him, to disembowel. You know, I'm not using the right terminology, but you get the point. And this guy, the way he told the story, you could tell he wasn't lying at all. He knew every detail which he went into, and he was like staring at me while he said this. And you could tell that I was scared shitless. I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be in a freaking penitentiary with all these rapists and murderers. I, I wasn't even that bad of a kid. I had no idea how I ended up in this scenario. I just got expelled from the same school twice. And I guess that was enough to send me to a scared straight program at the state pen. So here I am looking this guy in the eyes and he pulls me close to him. He motions his hand. He's like, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I'm super reluctant because I don't know if he's going to like try and kiss me or like do something weird. I don't know what the deal is. But I finally, I'm like, all right, I muster enough courage to squirm my head a little bit closer to him. And he says in front of the group, he says, hey, I don't know what your plan is after you leave here today. But if I ever see you again, I will fuck you. And I was like waiting for the word up or you know, something afterward, and he goes, no, again, he repeated it, I will put my wiener in you, he's like, this is what prison is, prison is you constantly getting screwed in the butt, and I'm gonna remember your face, if I see it again, I'm gonna do you, and the way he said it, I know he wasn't lying, I mean, this guy's wang must have been covered in poo because he definitely was the dude who screwed people in prison. You know, the way he 
communicated with the other inmates as they were all lining up and spreading out to the tables and the way he told them what to do, you could tell that they were all his bitches. I ended up at the table with the guy who was the king of the bitches in the prison. And he was the smallest one. There might have been like two other guys smaller than him. Short little Mexican dude, didn't really say a word. But this guy, he controlled it. He even controlled the counselors that like, you know, made this thing happen. The ones that actually organized it. He basically told them when they were done. And told them when they were going to leave the room and when the kids should go away. This guy ran this prison. And I was certain that if I ended up there, I would be the lowest of his little bitches. And I would just, there's no way. I, I vowed right then. I'm like, I am not going to Oregon State Penitentiary specifically for the rest of my life. There's no chance of that happening. And of course, two years later, I was convicted of a felony for marijuana, which could have led me to prison time. And I was lucky enough to pay a $1,000 fine and convince them to give me probation instead because I knew that if I went to prison, that dude would have remembered me. And let's just say he would have been a major pain in my ass. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show today, folks. You know, I'm cutting it a bit short, not as long as usual, not too short. You know, I, I, I did what I could, but I got to tell you, I'm exhausted. I have my real job, you know. I say real job, but hey. Podcast is real. It's a real job. No offense to anybody. I love podcasting more than anything else. I want to do this for a living. I wish I could only do this. But you know, it's got to take a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I can't stop. I can't give up. So, I got to continue my original plan, which is to bust my butt with my small business barbecue, take care of my children, and record for you, because that's what you deserve. Thank you very much for listening. I love you all, and I will talk to you tomorrow. I got to give it up to my wife. She came through to the Hemp Culture Expo this weekend and really, truly helped me out. She saved me money and she spent time with me and just, you know, she even helped lift some stuff. She's eight months pregnant. I can't even believe that. Why did I make her do it? I'm a terrible person. No, she did it on her own, but I got to give it up to her. Love you so much. You're the best. Thank you very much for being my glorious, wonderful, beautiful wife. And, you know... I'm going to give a tribute song to you for all your effort this weekend in trying to make my life easier. Sometimes you do things that, you know, it's it's just like an invisible touch. You just somehow grab me by my heart and lift me up when I need it the most. Here is Invisible Touch by Genesis.